Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is up? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and joining me today is my deputy editor, and it's just a dynamic duo today. That's right. Brian Anthony Davis is out there caroling or doing something crazy, wrestling bears in the woods again. I don't know. But Dave Schofield joins us for a two-man Steelers preview. Dave, how's it going this evening? It's going well. Everybody Wang Harbaugh tonight. Everybody Wang Harbaugh tonight because Wang Harbaugh is on the sidelines right now. The Ravens are winning 13 to nothing at the time that this is recorded. I'm sure that's 13 7. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Keep us up to date with that score for those that are watching live on YouTube. Um, speaking of Brian Anthony Davis and speaking of Dave Schofield here, Dave, you have a little bit of an announcement, don't you? Yeah, I was hoping maybe you get more people in the live chat because I know they might want to chime in. We're we looking can for a couple it. We people. can tease it. We can tease it. No, it's it. all right. It's okay. But no, some people were really were really busting us for saying that we weren't going to be able to go to the game. Here's what happened. I want to. I, I just want to clarify. There were some certain circumstances that we needed to work out in order to go because of the time change. We were worried that they wouldn't work out, so we didn't want to wait for the last second and me get stuck with the tickets. So we offered the tickets out there if we had any takers. We're like, if they if we have takers, then oh well. If we don't, then we'll see if it works out. And before anyone solidified anything with the tickets, things worked out. So Brian Anthony Davis and myself and my big brother, we will all be at the game on Sunday we will be coming over on the Gateway Clipper. We are hoping to catch the very first one that comes across. That should be right around 520-ish because it's supposed to be three hours beforehand. And we are looking for some BTSC people to hang out with. I know Nap1963, we are looking for him tonight because he offered us to come tailgate with him a long time ago. If he could let us know what's going on, we will be there. We already have a question here if we're going to live stream. We're going to attempt the live stream. We're not going to say we're not going to say it's got to be definitely at a certain time or certain place, because the last time I tried to do that, I had no signal until I got in and could hook up to the stadium Wi-Fi. So we're going to we once again follow myself on Twitter. I guess you could could, could follow Brian Anthony Davis on Twitter, but he's got less Twitter followers than I do. So just go ahead and follow me. Um, and we'll, and I'll put something out there about where we're going to be at what time. I'll try to give it at least a ten minute warning. I know that game days are crazy. Sometimes it's just a rush to get in and get to your seat. Um, that's that. So, but we did. But we want to let you all know where we're going to be. So do, we would like to the, meet you all. Do the live stream from the if you have reception. If you don't, mm -hmm. Brian might. You never know. Yeah. Depending on a cell phone carrier, do it from the the tailgate. Like, don't wait till you get into the game. That is what we would like to do. But what happened the last time we were there, well, not we were there. Well, it was my brother and I. We were at the game. I'm trying to get the, get the articles on the inactives together. I can't even log into the website because my cell signal was so bad. We're over, we're over at the, at the, I, was it the IC light or IC whatever it is, tailgate, um, where I, where I'm meeting Pittsburgh dad and everything. And I'm trying to move away from the stadium as far as I can to get signal. And I just, I just couldn't get it to work until I got inside. So that is the plan to try to do it from a tailgate. But between Brian and I, we're hoping somebody has some signal there that we could pull it off. All right, there you go. So if you're going to the football game on Sunday night, this week 15 matchup that we're going to talk about a lot today, tonight, um, 
make sure you hit up Brian Anthony Davis or Dave Schofield. You can send him an email. You can um, hit him up on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter. And uh, I'm trying to think what uh, Brian's Twitter handle is. It's at BTSE Bad, I think. BTSE Bad because he was yeah. tweeting at you from his current concert that he is at. He's actually the same concert my wife and daughter are at right now. Um, checking out tweeting uh, at me. Yeah, he was tweeting at uh, well at at the at the website. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't, some, I don't something like... about getting in a in, in a fight with a sixty year old lady. Um, <laughs> It was something with his daughter at the Pentatonics concert. So. Well, there you go. Only so, Brian. Only Brian. That's right. So good news. Glad you guys are going. That'll be fun. And I will be by myself for the post-game show because Lance is out there gallivanting around. Don't worry. I've done it before. It'll be just fine if I stay awake. If I can keep maybe, myself maybe, awake. Maybe Brian and I will just do the post-game show from <laughs> from the empty stadium. Um Except we'll probably get left behind by the Clipper. That would be the only problem. Um, yeah, we could we could go out and go right down to the field. That would so. be interesting. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so let's get right into things here today. Uh, it's Thursday night. Injury report was out. Dave, why don't you update the injury report real quick? Injury report, well, it appeared to be really good today, or so we thought, where we had – Jalen Samuels was back. He was a full participant after missing yesterday. I was disappointed Vance, by that, by the way. Oh, because you you wanted you wanted was, it to be a clear picture. Him, I was banking on him being out, and then when Connor returns, you just got everything set up nice. Everything's now, cloudy right now. That's the yes, problem with exactly. that. And for the person who tries to predict the inactive list, I don't know where to go there. But we'll have to see how it plays out tomorrow. But he was back full. Vance McDonald was back limited, so he's still in the protocol, but that's one step. It's going to be interesting to see if he would have been limited. I don't know if he would have been limited yesterday because he usually gets Wednesdays off. So the fact that he was off couldn't could have been that maybe it wasn't so bad, but um, he was limited today, which is generally how it goes in the progression sometimes with that. Or it could be that if he's limited again tomorrow, there's a chance that he doesn't play. So it all comes down to that. Um, many players returned. Johnny Holden was out sick, and Ramon Foster was out on his normal Thursday vet day off. The only concerning thing with conflicting reports was that Juju Smith-Schuster was limited because he left practice early. Now there's some reports that that he's um, that it was all, nothing that is going to affect Sunday. Then there's other reports that it was a reaggravation of the injury. They're being very, very tight-lipped about it, and you kind of don't blame them. Yeah, so the injury report's definitely up in the up in the air. We'll put it that way. And so I, I just think that we, you know, Lance and I talked about this at length. Uh, and I know that you mentioned it in your Stat Geek article with uh, the brother Schofield, as we call your older brother, Rich, now the brother Schofield. Um, and that is just who's going to be in and who's going to be out, depending on who's available. For instance, if yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster available, who's going to be out? And Lance and I both agreed it was probably going to be Jones. Tevin Jones yeah. would probably be out. And then it was the running backs that were tough to really gauge because so many of them play special teams. You know, you're, I don't think anyone's going to bench Kareth White because not only is he productive, but he's also their kick return man. Kick return. Um, Trey Edmonds is their fullback in short yardage situations now, and he plays special teams too. Yeah. Now, whether he's effective or not at that fullback role, that's debatable. But it's just a matter of okay, well, what's who if if 
I was just assuming that Jalen Samuels was not going to be available. And so therefore I was like, well, Samuels has a groin. He's out this week. There you go. Don't have to worry about it. Now it looks like he might be back. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Cause I, I bring that up about Edmonds with the fullback, but you, the other thing with that is, is he played three snaps last game, three offensive snaps. So he did line up as a fullback, but they didn't really use it. Uh, so I don't know if that's something that, that they would have to do there. I mean, he did have the one reception on the first drive. I can't remember if he lined up at fullback on that play or not, because I, like I said, I didn't, couldn't watch the game on TV and record it. I had to watch it online and I can't go back and see it. So I didn't see where he lined up on that play because remember he had the seven yard reception and then there was a 15 yard penalty on top of it, which kept the drive going. So that was the only thing he had on offense other than the two times he was in at fullback. So yeah, I don't know if that's worth it when you to, to have him over somebody like like Samuels or White. So if if they're all available, they want to use them all, then it probably still will be Edmonds, even though he's the one that did play the fullback position. You know, Ron says this, uh, Jeff, he said, activate five running backs, four wide receivers if Juju can't go. If Samuels could play, then you could technically use him as a flex slot wide receiver. He can run routes. He has good hands. We know that James Conner can also be used as a receiver. Um, well, and I brought it up last night and I said, you know, if you want to ease Connor in, you could have Connor be your third down back because he's good at yeah. pass pro. Good at pass pro, could catch the football. Those the offense can definitely do the two minute drill. That that would be his bread and butter. So that, that's an option for them if they want to do that. Here here's another concern with everything with that is one bad shot on that shoulder with J, with uh, James Connor, and who knows if he's done. When you're talking about a groin with a running back. One one bad cut, and you're gone. So do you really want to have – I mean, a lot of times the Steelers would only have three running backs. Now they've been doing four um, because we say three running backs. When Roosevelt Nix was healthy, we never counted him as a running back. So they're just using that fullback position to have an extra running back. But if something happens where they both go down, then you're looking at just Snell and White and nobody really to fill that fullback role unless you think – McDonald's not going to go and they could squeeze someone like Gentry back there, but I don't know if that's very wise either. No, it's not. It is not. <laughs> Might as well put Zach Banner back there, right? <laughs> or BJ Finney. <laughs> Seriously, because well, it comes down to the fact this is going to really impact the depth on the team. It shouldn't impact the starters too much. We know if Juju plays, we know if Jake Connor plays that they're going to be it. But ultimately, we don't know who else will be active. Uh, so I kind of put the cart before the horse there a little bit, and we went right into the injury report, and that's okay. Right. I forgot I forgot the Around the Horn segment, and that's only how we start off the show, and that's where you bring up a topic from this week that you want to talk about that's Steelers-related. Dave, what's your Around the Horn segment? Well, since in honor of this game going on right now, which apparently the Ravens just scored a touchdown and got the two-point conversion because okay. earlier Justin Tucker missed – an extra point. So uh, I think that's his second of the season now that he's really? m- uh, missed extra points. Yeah. So, so it's, it's currently 21 to seven in the second quarter. And there was a report earlier tonight that if that it was, it was from ESP, I think it was Ian Rappaport saying that the, the Ravens have already said that if they can't, if their seed cannot be changed in week 17, they, they don't care about 
rushing records, although he did break the rushing record for a quarterback tonight already, but they didn't, they don't care about extending that record or anything. Lamar Jackson will sit if the Ravens cannot change their playoff position in week 17, which is news to the Steelers because the Steelers play the Ravens in week 17. So between that and the whole notion of with a win tonight, the Ravens will will lock up the AFC North, which makes it definite that the Steelers' only path is the wild card, which we all know that was a long shot anyway because they'd have to lose all three and the Steelers have to win all three. Um, but that would just make it definite. So the question is, do you – let's say, for example, that things all go fall the right way for the Steelers in the next two weeks as well, and they don't have to have that game week 17. How do you feel about uh, – that whole notion of no Lamar Jackson and should the Steelers maybe do some similar things? I don't want to put the car before the horse of the Steelers. No, no, you know, yeah. I, a lot I, would have to happen. Let's just look at this from a Ravens perspective yeah. because odds are is that they're not going to need to win that game, that they're going to have their position locked up. You also, you also have to wonder and you have to think, is someone like Wang Harbs going to, you know, want to <laughs> stick it to the Steelers? Because let's say the Steelers need that game to get in. Wouldn't you want to beat them on your home turf and keep them out of the postseason? Uh, you would because they're your rivals and they know you well and they probably would play you tough. And so a guy like Wang Harbs is might not start Lamar Jackson, but I would I would imagine Mark Ingram would be in there. I'd imagine that Earl Thomas would be in there because that's just the, the type of guy that he is. And I don't blame him. If the Steelers were in that situation, if you flop their roles there, I think that maybe you'd say that you want to keep the Ravens out of the playoffs if you have that opportunity. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about that right now. Uh, it was funny because today I was talking to my wife's aunt and uncle who are Ravens fans are from Florida and they were bringing it up and, Oh, you know, we would love to keep you guys out of the playoffs. I was like, yeah, I bet you would. Cause their Steelers can beat you in the playoffs. Oh no. You guys like, yes, they can. <laughs> I said, you don't want to play division teams three times. The Steelers have done it more than once and it's, it's not easy. So, um, you know, and Lance Williams, who's watching live, he says, if the Ravens have a chance to eliminate the Steelers, Wang Harbs will go all out. I think I agree with that. Well, I mean, here's here's the actual tweet from Ian Rappaport, and he actually was quoting uh, Mike Garofalo, reports that if the Ravens lock up their playoff seating by week 17, expect RG3 to start versus the Steelers, even if Pittsburgh needs it to make the playoffs. That's, a, that's yeah. the report. Yeah. But these uh, are reports. Exactly. So. And it's also Ian Rappaport. So according to him, Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback of the Raiders. So, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for my around the horn segment is something that I really literally just saw this before uh, we went on the air. Um, I was looking through our profile feed and I, I, we have guys that run our Twitter feed during the week. I don't do too much stuff on there other than maybe occasional tweet or two question polls, stuff like that. Um, and I noticed that, uh, David DeCastro's appeal of his $14,000 fine was denied. It wasn't even reduced. They basically just said, nope, you're paying the money and that's it. I, I don't want to dr drudge up week 11 again. But at the same time, I just couldn't for the life of me. And Derek Brooks, the same one that decreased Marquise Pouncey's suspension from three to two games, he's the one that heard David DeCastro's appeal, and he did nothing. It's, I just don't understand what they wanted him to do. You know, he wasn't on the laundry list of players that got that got suspended or fined from that melee in week 11 in Cleveland. 
I felt that he was more of a peacemaker. He and Matt Filo were both like peacemakers in this situation. And like what Lance said, when we talked about it afterwards, he said he could have done a lot of bad to Lamar. Not, I said Lamar Jackson. Someone just said that in the uh, <laughs> live chat. He could have done a lot of bad to Miles Garrett if he wanted. And he did. He took him down and laid on him. I don't know, Dave. I thought it was ridiculous. They didn't at least reduce it. I don't even know what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you want to keep someone from fighting, laying on them is probably the best thing to do. Um, in my in 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 my former life as a high school teacher, I actually did break up a fight by laying on two students at the same time until I could actually get some help. Um, that I actually tackled them um, together and, and put them on the ground. Done that too. I've done that too, just not high school, middle school. Yeah. So um, so that, that that's it. So. It, especially someone my size, that's pretty effective to, to to stabilize people. But the problem was, there's there's a lot. It's now they could have said you were there was you still were using, you know, making contact with a player afterwards. Yada yada yada. Well, him holding it down made it easier for Marquise Pouncey to try to kick him. That's a stretch, but they could always try to go with that. I mean, come on. Matt Filer got fined $3,000 for entering the fighting area because the fight broke out at his feet. You he, got into, he, he got into the octagon. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, a fight breaks out around him and he just turns it like, what? And he gets fined for being in the neighborhood of a fight because they... <laughs> I mean, that... I think the NFL looks like it like money is money. You know, if they really want to hurt somebody, they hurt them with suspensions. So DeCastro, and I mean, and he, you're right. They did kind of just kind of sweep it under the rug the first time and even with this one. So um, I guess well, he can afford it. Um, well, yeah, the money does not go to the league. It no. goes into a fund um, to, to help support former players. So... Well, I like what West, West says. If not for DeCastro, Garrett leaves that game on a stretcher. Seriously, and that's he's a probably good right. Point. <laughs> probably. I do want to make a couple quick announcements before we, uh, or one announcement and one more topic to discuss before we get into this week fifteen games between the Steelers and Bills. The first is, if you haven't noticed yet, um, we have we as in behind the steel curtain and breaking um, tees is our T-shirt company. They got a licensed agreement with Devlin Hodges. And so I'm putting this up there on the, on the ticker there um, to actually produce some Devlin Hodges gear. Now, as a site editor and someone that has been working with this company, they've been waiting for this for a while. Um, I hope he continues to play well. <laughs> we'll put it that way. And, you know, he wins. If he wins this week, it would be big for business. And so um, we just launched our very first duck duck season devlin hodges t-shirt i think the design's really cool it says duck season and then it shows a picture of uh, probably is his image but with a duck head it's i think it's a cool logo check it out on behind the steel curtain.com to place your order and it's great for the holidays uh they get them in t-shirts hooded sweatshirts youth sizes ladies women's and they're nice shirts i have the behind the steel curtain logo one i know dave's wife got one um they're really high quality shirts. Like they're nice shirts. So make sure you check that out. Dave, did you like the design? You're muted. I am muted because I was coughing <laughs> and I didn't realize that I was still muted. Um, yeah, I, I did like the design. I was just waiting for it to say rabbit season on the back, you know, and in in, <laughs> in throw back to the Looney Tunes. So 
Um, so, but no, it, yeah, it, it, I, I was, I, my first reaction was, wait a second, we got permission to do this. So I thought that was a pretty big deal. It, it was a pretty big deal. And, and the company is a couple of agreements and license deals with other players. Like another one is Gardner Minshew. And they've done some really cool stuff with him, with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Big Cat Country, which is the SB Nation equivalent of BTSC for the Jaguars. The second thing is, is something that Jav, man, I want to talk about this as an around the horn segment is he said you should get AB to run the Twitter feed. <laughs> I saw that earlier. <laughs> now, oh, I'm man. Sorry, but my gosh, what in the world? Is this guy thinking? Like we've said this a million times. Mr. Third and Fifth has been the topic of discussion, and I don't like to talk about him. But at the same time, holy cow, he goes from I, I really do worry about his sanity and his mental status, his mental state, because he went from super apologetic. Like he's apologizing to everyone. He's saying that he's sorry to organizations that he burnt bridges and all this stuff. And then the Literally the next day, or at least two, maybe two days after, he goes on this Twitter tirade where he is call he calls Ben Roethlisberger a loser. He calls the NFL racist, and I'm just thinking to myself, do you not want to play anymore? And maybe he doesn't. I've said this all along. I've said this well, all along that he doesn't want to play, but at the same time, if he does, he's going about it the wrong way. I think there's more there because there's a few things you can piece together with all this. And I'm not sure the timing of it. So maybe between you or people in the live chat, you can help me. I can only go by what I, when I saw it on Twitter, not actually when it was posted on Twitter, because, you know, I, sometimes I get it retweeted from people. And that is he posted the apology, which did not sound like him at all. It was so orchestrated. It was so, um, let's just say, I can't say he didn't write it in the first place, but it was definitely cleaned up to be um, coherent, if you know what I mean. Um and, and sound proper. But then you get, the question is, was he expecting as soon as that to come out that all of a sudden all these teams were going to jump in and say, hey, why don't you come play for us? Um, it's almost like, oh, let me apologize so that way the offers will line up. And it didn't, and he got mad. But there was also a report in there, um, I wasn't sure at which point, where we're out of the commissioner's office that the investigation is still pending and it would not change his status if he returned to a team that he would pot that meaning meaning where they stated before that he would chances are if the team signs him, he's going on the commissioner's exempt list. And they came out and said this in the last several days that that would not change that his nothing, nothing with the, with the impending stuff has changed that for, for where it would be any different with any other teams. Maybe some, maybe that statement came from the NFL because maybe after this apology, some teams started to inquire about, well, Hey, what's the status there? If we were to, if we were to add him, um, would, would he be available to play or is he going on the exempt list? So they made that statement and then he just blows up. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that the NFL under the, under the current collective bargaining agreement has them right where they want him because here's what's going to happen. He'll eventually, they'll eventually say the investigation's over. He is free and clear to be signed with by whomever he'd like. And then once he signs, they're going to suspend him. <laughs> Seriously, they're going to suspend him for conduct detrimental or whatever, the comments he made, the actions that he, you know, everything well, from the furniture being thrown off the balcony to now the misconduct with the trainer and all this stuff and the other uh, accusations that have been made. And, and we don't know. I'm not here to say who's guilty and innocent but at the same time the nfl because they can just they're just going to wait it out see what what comes of these 
you know, these allegations and, and whether it goes to court or not. And then when they're done, they're like, oh, by the way, you're suspended for X amount of games because we can. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Just want to bring it up because the guys, I, I kind of feel bad for him at this point. Um, you know, he's out there running routes all the time. He's in his Steelers helmet. His Steelers, his uniform. Steelers uniform. I'm like, what is this guy trying to do? But it is what it is. And so, oh. what's that? Is that true? Someone just said the Pens won. <laughs> I haven't gotten my update. I hope Michael's right because I know they were headed to overtime against Columbus. It'd be a big win. Well, it is an over zero zero overtime. What I just saw. Yeah, no, it's been an ugly game. The, all yeah. the offensive players are hurt. Anyways, we're not here to talk about the Penguins. We're here to talk about <laughs> football. Yes, we so, are. Yes, yes, we are. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a huge game, and we've dubbed multiple games um, to be huge and and really really important. And I've always said that it's the biggest game until the next big game. And you hope that you have another big game because if the Steelers would have dropped two of their last three, these games wouldn't be that big because they're not going to be in the playoff picture. But here we are, eight and five. The Steelers are on the outside looking in. I'm sorry, they're sixth seed. They can catapult themselves to the fifth seed if they beat the Buffalo Bills. If they lose this game on Sunday night, well, that can, things get really hairy. Because they it just depends. They get interesting. <laughs> they get really yeah. hairy. Because if you break down the tiebreakers, which you did, Dave, make sure you check out that article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with the playoff scenarios. Here is here's what it comes down to, though. I mean, a win, and you're basically you basically need to win just one more game, and you're in. If you lose this game, then you, like you said, it, the Tennessee Titans get involved. The Houston Texans get involved. The, I guess the Oakland Raiders could still get involved. I'm not sure about that logistically. But the Steelers have a lot going their way on Sunday night football at home. Mike Tomlin has a very good Sunday night record at home. And I called it. I called it, Dave. Oh, yeah, you did. I gave you credit <laughs> for that. That was they are wearing their color rush uniforms, and so they're five and zero in those uniforms. This is a big game for you. It's the regular season finale. You should be pumped to go to this game because I'm pumped just to watch it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I was so torn because I didn't know I couldn't decide if I was getting pumped to watch it at home or if I was getting pumped to watch it at the stadium. So I my, my I didn't know which in which direction to get pumped. So now that I know exactly what I'm doing, I am super pumped for this game. This this game means this game is probably the one of the more important games for so many other teams. Like when when I was writing the article about the playoff picture, this game is more important for other teams than what their games are for the Steelers. If you really think about it, when it comes to the wild card, because everyone knows what's going on with well, not everyone knows. I hope most people know what's going on with Tennessee and Houston, and that is. They're both in the playoff hunt. They have identical records. They haven't played each other yet, but one of them's got to win the South. Well, um, assuming that Indianapolis, who's two games back, doesn't doesn't sneak in there somehow. One of those teams, they're going to knock each other off. Am I right? Yeah. I, only one of them is going to make the playoffs. Well, most likely. Most likely. Um, most likely. And it all depends on the worst case scenario for the Steelers is – uh, because they, they play this week, they play the final week of the season, and in between, they each play an, an NFC team. The 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 Texans play, I'm pretty Buccaneers. sure, at home against Tampa on Saturday, and then the, the Saints. The, the yes, Titans. the Saints. The 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 
Titans host the Saints. So yeah, so I no, I think that's in Tampa, the one with Houston. So just that's that's interesting. So worst case scenario for the Steelers is that both teams end up two and one. So just because that's how it is. What's better is if one team does all the winning and the other team does all the losing, and then you don't have to worry about that other team being in the because right now there's a group of three teams that are that are right behind the Titans. I say right behind them, but they're two games back with three games remaining. And until until like if if the Steelers don't come through on Sunday night and then the loser of the Tennessee game, th- those other teams have to win this week just to get within one game with two left. And that's just an awful lot to ask. So if the Steelers take down the Bills, that all but eliminates that that group of three teams regardless of what they do, even if they win. So, I mean, not officially, but, but for the most part crushes their hopes and dreams, which is, which is nice to crush the hopes and dreams of the Cleveland Browns. Um, we, we've enjoyed that for years. So that's what it really comes down to. Um, I, I would not be shocked at all if the team that, that, uh, that, that if two and one of one of those teams, would win the South. I mean, it very well, if you really want to know the best case scenario, um, Tennessee beats Houston at home this weekend, but then Tennessee loses to the Saints while Houston beats the the Bucks, And then they're both at identical records again and having to play each other hard. And one of them is going to lose to where they're going to only, to where one team's only going to go one and two in the last three, which really plays into the Steelers' hands. But none of it matters if they beat the Bills. None of it matters if they beat the Bills. I mean, they would have to then drop the last two games after beating the Bills. So, beat the Bills, you're in a great, you're in a great place. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be a this picture is going to be a lot clearer after Week 15. You know, after Week oh, yeah. 15 is when the Browns will probably be gone. Um, you'll have teams like the Colts might be gone out of the in the hunt group. They might still be there, but you know, they're they're not. <laughs> They would need a laundry list of items to occur for that to take place. So uh, it's going to be a huge game. Steelers, Bills, Week 15, Sunday Night Football. I think it's very much deserving of the Sunday Night game. It's going to be the sixth primetime game for the Steelers. The Bills haven't played on Sunday Night Football in, I don't don't know, forever it seems. I mean, they, they haven't had one this year. I know that. Um, I know Sean McDermott said he felt that it was justified putting them in prime time again. So the bills are not necessarily used to the prime time stage. The Steelers are, um, and we know that the Steelers play significantly better at home compared to on the road, especially their defense. We'll talk about that in a second. So Dave, real quick though, before we get into our matchups to watch and things of that nature, when you look at this matchup, AFC matchup, there's some familiarity there, but not a ridiculous amount. What are your what are your just general thoughts on the game itself? Factors that might come into play that aren't necessarily him versus him matchup type stuff. What's your thoughts? Well, that these are two teams that their strengths are somewhat similar, meaning they are very they they live and die more with their defense more than with their offense. Uh, I think the Bills over the course of the season has have had a stronger rushing attack, but the Steelers have done quite well with that the last couple weeks. Could it have just been their opponents? Perhaps, but regardless, they, they've they've put up the yards and and done more there. So these are two teams that are that are 
really driven by their defense. So if you're talking about getting a splash play on offense or special teams, that's going to be so much more of a factor in a game like this than it would be normally because I feel points are going to be hard to come by. Yeah, th- this is a, a tough Bills offense to wrap your head around. They, they don't really do anything well, but they're still dangerous in their own way. You know what I mean? I mean, yes. Josh Allen is their third leading rusher. He has eight rushing touchdowns on the season. He's a big athletic in his own way. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Kyler Murray. And I was actually really stunned when Mike Tomlin was asked about him during his press conference. And he said, I think that Buffalo has more design runs than Arizona does. And I, I it was news to me. I, I've watched the Bills and the Ravens last Sunday. And I got to be honest with you. The Bills did not handle the blitz very well. And that's something that Lance yeah. and I talked about on the, the standard is a standard last night. And what did the Steelers do almost more than anyone else? Blitz. <laughs> they blitz a lot. So, you know, Josh Allen was. I don't. Have they, have they blitzed a ton this year? I mean, they've been getting home a lot with four. They have, but they blitzed more than but, you think. No, well, here's the thing. Some. Was it that he couldn't handle the blitz or he couldn't handle more than four rushing at him? Because sometimes the Steelers blitz while still only rushing four because they're dropping somebody else that they wouldn't drop otherwise. There's definitely some computation, we'll put it that way, going on where his processing is slow and the football is getting out slow. I think I saw on Twitter that he has the – he holds onto the ball the longest of any other quarterback in the NFL. Um, that was actually sent to us by one Lance Williams. Oh, is that what, is that yes. where I got? That I was going to bring that okay. up, Lance. Lance, um, don't give him too much credit. because <laughs> well, he's already in the he's already in the live chat. Trying oh, to he's off credit. work till the new year. He's got so, nothing to do. Really? Oh, wow, so that's <laughs> nice. Um, no, but it, it said since entering the league in 2018, no quarterback has held onto the football longer than Allen on average of 3.1 seconds because um, that's not good. They say that um, that he has a 38% completion percentage, which is la- which is 30. 30- I don't want to say last because some quarterbacks more, more than one qualify from a team, um, which is 32nd. And he averages 6.9 yards per attempt, which is 28th. I think this is when he's under pressure. And it says the Steelers have the highest pressure rate and they're and they get there in two point and the highest rate of getting there in two and a half seconds or less because their average time is two point three three. So that's one of those bad combinations for the Bills, if you know what I mean. So I think when you look at Pittsburgh, my gosh, I mean they, they leave the NFL in sacks for a reason. Yeah. And they pressure the quarterback. And I was wrong. A lot of people in the live chat are saying that they're ranked like twenty second in the NFL in terms of blitz percentage meaning how often they blitz you're right dave and you're right in the live chat that they don't send extra pass rushers as much as they used to well they don't have to well but you look back to the last two seasons and they had to to get home they were getting a lot of sacks but it was also leaving them hung out to dry in the back end Mm -hmm. so i guess in the battle of offensive lines in the ability to i guess you could say impose your will on the opposition who has the advantage here, Pittsburgh's offensive line or Buffalo's? Well, f- from my understanding, and I can't quote where I heard this, but that the weakness of Buffalo's defense—not that it's—and not that it's weak, but it's the the weakest part of their defense—is rushing right up the middle. 
the very middle of their defense. So if the middle of their defense is going to be there, then that means the Steelers offensive line, they need to get their hand in the dirt, if you know what I mean, and fire off the ball and let's get four four yards in a cloud of dust. I say four yards because that's going to keep moving the chains. So that's that's where I think if they're if they're going with that philosophy, that that could be um, I, I would lean towards the Steelers with that. Well, Cliff Harris is still a punk who is our one of our film analysts on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. He talked about how they should utilize the Steelers, should utilize the inside zone runs a lot against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And like you said, three yards in a cloud of dust is going to set up third manageable, and that's where the Steelers can have a slew of plays at their disposal when it comes to that Rolodex. You'd rather have third and six, third and four, compared to third and 10 or 11. So it'll be really interesting to see how they attack this team, but a lot of that depends on who's available to them. That's another key issue here with Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner returning to practice in some capacity because if, especially in my opinion, Juju Smith-Schuster is the bigger injury than the two. Do you agree? Uh, Yeah, I think there's, how do I say, I think he adds more to the offense bringing him back right now because of the attention that he would draw um, along because, you know, bringing him back, he's going on the field with Johnson in Washington. You're bringing back James Conner. He's coming on in place of Benny Snell or Kareth White or Jalen Samuels. You know, not, not, I mean, there's the occasional time they would, they could put two running backs out there, but not like a receiver. So that, that's why I think it would be more important for Juju to make it back. Yeah. He, I think he brings a dynamic to the offense that, they are missing right now. And I'm not saying that Connor wouldn't be dynamic, but they've gotten production in the running game the last three games that he's been out. And it's because a lot of it's they're committing to it. And I think the offensive line is getting back into that groove of run blocking. But I absolutely think that Juju Smith-Schuster is the bigger injury here. So um, I have an answer for what you asked before, which was the last time. What do you want to know specifically about the Bills playing in prime time? Obviously, they've played on Thursday nights right? because of how everyone's doing. But the last time they played on Sunday night football was I have to go all the way back. Oh, I had it here. Now I lost it. Here you go. How about 2007 when they lost 56 to 10 at home to the Patriots? That's the last time they played on Sunday night football. But, I mean, they played on – Yeah, they played on Monday night football last year. Um and they lost uh, to the Patriots. They I don't, they didn't have a Thursday night game this year. There was a couple teams that didn't have one. Uh, they didn't have one. They did on. They, they played on Thanksgiving. Um, oh, that's right. They played on. I have these by primetime games, so that one didn't count because it wasn't a night game. Right. So that's that's that was their Thursday one this year. Thank you for for clarifying that. So yes, but I know like the Bengals and the Cardinals did not play on Thursday at all this year. Um, so they have a, they had a Monday night game, Thursday night game, Monday night game. All these are losses. The last prime time win they had was 2015 um, on a Thursday night football game against the Jets. I'm pretty sure 2015. Who was that? Was that was the infamous game? I'm pretty sure that where I where I was using the stats about first year coaches, where it was was that the first year Rex Ryan going first year Todd Bowles. In 2015, I, I think it would have been, but that's their last prime time win. Um, if you go, if you'd have to go back to 2015. Wow. 
Well, it's it's the difference between the Bills and the Steelers. The Steelers are guaranteed five primetime games every single season. Because and this is their the, sixth. And this is their sixth. <laughs> because if they know people will watch. They drive the needle, and that's why. Um, Wes asked this. I didn't see him on the injury report, but Dave, you would you did the article. Wes asked, is there any uh, status of Allen's ankle, the quarterback they, rush? He is not on the injury report. So... That would be one of those things that if he goes out there and all of a sudden tweaks an ankle and someone says, yeah, we were hoping that he'd be all right, then they're going to get fined like what yep. happened with Ben Roethlisberger and the elbow. Yeah. So that's – but teams are more likely to take that take that chance of not letting the other team know about what's going on with their quarterback. That's true. Did you get a stat geek this week? I did. I did, if you don't mind getting to it. It was that's really good, good because sure. it, was, it was a question that was emailed to me by one Dennis Sheraton who is in the live chat tonight. I tried to, I tried to get it together for Tuesday. This took, this took a couple hours for me to, to compile all this hours. And yeah, it did because I had to go through and do it every single one myself. He wanted to know about drive results when there's a penalty somewhere along the drive. So guess what I did? I looked at every single drive that the Pittsburgh Steelers had this year. They had a penalty. Every one of them. Oh my and, God. and and I well, and not only was it that I had a penalty, I couldn't I couldn't um, I, I couldn't sort it by if it was an offensive or defensive penalty. That's why I had to look at each drive. So I was looking at and here's some here's some so this is some good numbers because okay, I didn't accidentally hit mute, did I? No. Okay, because a, a button just beeped here. So sorry if I'm waving my paper in front of the screen because this was a lot of stuff. Let's just look at it. The Steelers. Now this includes every drive. This includes kneel downs. I couldn't, I couldn't take any of this out. This just all there that the, on the season, the Steelers have had 144 total offensive drives just okay. in total. How many, how, how many of those drives, what percentage or what fraction of those drives do you think the Steelers scored? Now, the reason I'm asking is because this worked out perfectly. It is a perfect fraction. Uh, how many drives again? How many? Uh, you don't have to give me a number. Just give me uh, what percentage or whatever. Total drives again? 144. How many uh, of them do you think they scored, they scored either a field goal or a touchdown? A quarter. I don't know. You're, you're close. It was actually exactly one third. 33.3%. So 33.3% ended in a score, which was um, there's slightly more field goals and touchdowns because it's it's 18.1% field goals um, and 15.3. These are rounded. That's why they don't add up 33.3 uh, touchdowns where they have um, um, all, just shy of 40% were punts and 27% was what I considered other, which goes as missed field goals, turnovers, turnovers on downs, end of half, end of game, um, or safeties. That all went into the other category. So if you look at that, where they're, where they're scoring on a third of their plays, let's, let's look at what happens when there's a penalty during the drive versus if there's not. Here's what's crazy. If there's no penalty on the drive against either team, the Steelers score 23.2% of the time. So it goes down. So in other words, that means they're aided by penalties. But Dennis's main question was, so how much does a penalty against the offense keep them from scoring? And the answer is not as not not any different. Not any different. Because if there's a if there's a penalty on just the offense, whether it's one, two, five, seven penalties, they score 24.1% of the time, which is almost the same as if there's no penalty. 
What gets crazy is when there's a penalty on the defense at all. Okay, because I even broke this down as what if there's a penalty on both. But if there's just any kind of defensive penalty on the drive, inverse the fractions or switch the two fractions, the Steelers score 67% of the time and don't score 33% of the time. If there's a penalty on the on the on the defense, even if there's other ones on the offense. If there's a penalty on the defense and no penalty on the offense, they score 89% of the time on those drives. 89%. Which is crazy, which is which is 33% touchdowns and 56% field goals. You know, I think I can't read my writing right there, but that's just crazy how much. So the thing is when it comes to the Steelers offense this year, now don't ask me how it compares to the rest of the league. Cause that would take me a couple hours for each team to do that. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, but you would think, Oh, well the Steelers, Oh, anytime they get an offensive penalty, that really sets them back. That doesn't nearly negatively affect them nearly as much as how much it positively affects them when the other team on the defense has a penalty. So I thought that was crazy. That's not what I expected. That's a lot of work. <laughs> That's a lot of work that I wouldn't have done. I would have said, Dennis, thanks for the email. Good luck. <laughs> well, I didn't realize how much in-depth it was going to be until I got partway into it. And I'm like, well, at this point, I might as well just finish it. So, well. yeah. I split it up over several days. <laughs> That's good numbers, though. It really is in terms of, yeah. you know, I never would have guessed that that's what the numbers would, have, would play out to, to look like. But, I mean, yeah. think back to the last few games, and James Washington has been a defensive pass interference magnet. Yeah. I mean, throw it deep and see what happens. So Yeah, and, and, and when they can get that defensive penalty, they're, I mean, it's, it's almost 90% chance that they're at least going to get a field goal. I like that. I like that a lot. Because in this team, field goals are gold. You know, I mean, touchdowns are phenomenal, but field goals are gold. So I hope that was good enough for you, Dennis. Yeah. Dennis, <laughs> he said he appreciates it. So, uh, good kudos to you, Dave, for doing all that work. We appreciate that. Well, don't right. worry. It's going in my crunching the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, I want to make sure that you, uh, the listener, and the viewer know that you can help out the program in a variety of ways. Uh, one of them is by donating money to the, the cause of the order, the good of the order, so to speak. And that is by using the super chat feature down where you can post a comment to the right, a little dollar sign, any money that you donate comes to the show. And for instance, we've kind of been accruing the money and we're getting new equipment with the money. Um, I know Lance Williams, Dave, myself, Brian Anthony Davis are all getting these new Blue Yeti um, microphones, which should really improve the sound quality of the show. I'm really excited about it. And your Mine's money already on the way. And, and so is mine. And the money that you all have donated, so graciously donated, is going to is has helped us defer that cost. And so we really appreciate that. And then also, if you if you don't want to donate money, the holidays are coming up. I get it. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and then go and get the, the hit the bell on whether it's your phone or your laptop or your tablet, and set up your notifications accordingly. That way, you never miss a show. You know, some people get emails, some people get push button notifications. I have seen a lot of people, Dave. I don't know if this happens to you, that say <laughs> Yeti. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that say that they don't get the notifications. How do you have your notifications set up? 
Um, you know what? I think it has a lot to do with whether or not I'm on my Wi-Fi or not, yeah. whether it comes through. I know when the shows are about ready to go, so oh, I'm yeah. usually checking YouTube, and I'm I'm in there before the notification comes up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's happened to me a few times where it's like, why isn't this coming through? So. Yeah, well, I, I, you can only do what you can do, and that's set up your notifications accordingly, and then hopefully you, get, you don't miss the show. So those are ways you can help the show. By all means, like the videos, subscribe comment share it all helps all right let's get well, down go ahead I was gonna say, here's what i don't understand is that so many times the number that we see of people in the live chat doesn't i mean that's already number than the higher than the number of people that end up liking the video in total i'm like you're on the live chat right now just take the time to hit the to hit the thumbs up button it, it would really help out yeah and you know it, it, every little bit helps and people might say well it's just a stupid thumbs up what does it matter it actually does matter in terms of the YouTube's algorithm. So when someone types in Pittsburgh Steelers, we want our shows to be one of those things that pops mm -hmm. up. And so a lot of that comes down to me using search engine optimization, which you all didn't need to hear about, and also uh, different search parameters, but also by the amount of traction it's getting in terms of the viewers. So that does matter. Okay, let's go into brass tacks here. And let's talk about matchups that you're really looking forward to watching. Dave, you'll be there live. You're, you're seated in the end zone. Yes. You have a really good view of the running game then. Yes. Um, so what are your what's your matchup that you're really looking forward to seeing this Sunday night? Well, it's so tough because we still don't know who's going to be available for the Steelers and how they're going to be utilized and everything. So I bottom line is I want to see the matchup of basically the the Steelers defense against um, against this this running game is what I want to see because I think they're going to get to the quarterback. I think that the best thing that could keep that could help the Bills to keep the Steelers from getting to the quarterback is going to be to have a successful running attack. So I think if the Steelers are focusing in on this run game and what they can do and if they can and if they can keep wraps on that that's going to be the key. So that's what I'm really looking. That's what I'm going to be looking for in stadium. I'm looking forward to the Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush getting after Josh Allen, but you have to do two things. You can, you can do this. You can make them one dimensional in one of two ways. Number one, you stuff the run. You don't give Singletary. You don't give Gore a chance to breathe. And you say, if you're going to beat us on our home turf, in the regular season finale on primetime, color rush, all that stuff, Josh Allen's going to have to do it. That's one way of doing it. The second way is to get a lead. And if you look back to last week, if it weren't for Benny, no Jets, fumble, the Steelers were going to – I guarantee you – They were going to put that away early. Exactly. And then Kyler Murray's throwing the ball 40-some times to try to win the game, and that's exactly what you want when you have a defense that leads the NFL in sacks and in takeaways. And so Josh Allen will take some risks, but at the same time, he's a dangerous player. He's a mobile player. But I want to see the Steelers pass rush. I watch the Ravens, and I don't think the Ravens have nearly uh, the same type of – uh, pass rushes the Steelers, they harassed the heck out of that guy. Sacked him six times. He fumbled the ball multiple times. He lost two of them. Um, he, this Steelers pass rush is going to have to win, period. They're going to have to win. They average five sacks a game at Heinz Field so far in 2019. 35 of their 48 sacks have been at home. 
That's what needs to happen, in my opinion. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. It's been a lot of fun watching this defense this year. It's yeah. been a while since we've been able to sit back and say, man, the defense has got this. Well, here's why. Because so many times, how many times did we say last year, well, this defense is really good if we can keep so-and-so from being exposed. You know, who are you trying to not have exposed? You know, what, what was yeah. happening before is you're like, oh, I hope we don't have Vince William exposed in pass coverage because we didn't have any of the pass coverage linebackers. Not a problem anymore. You know, I like I was saying to, to, to several people is that when, when I was coaching, especially on the level of football as coach, we basically played cover three. We had we had a, a third of the field, you know, between the two corners and the, and the free safety. If you think of that the same way the Steelers, their deep thirds last year, it was Joe Hayden and then a big drop off this year. There's no drop off. If anything, you, sometimes the defenses, the offenses have to almost feel like they have to go at Hayden because they don't want to go at Fitzpatrick or, or Nelson. I mean, these were just massive improvements. It doesn't seem like they have the holes. I mean, whether it's whether who's in there on the defensive line, yeah, they're missing Stefan to it. But when you're only running two defensive linemen a lot of time, and Hargrave's getting a lot of a lot of play in there, which I'm sorry, a lot of people think Dupree should have got that other sack. Just because he touched Murray being down, uh-uh. Hargrave caused the foot was the closest guy to causing the fumble, and when you cause a quarterback to fumble, you get credit for that sack. So I don't know if they're going to give it to anybody, but Hargrave's doing well with Hayward. You know, Alou has not been bad there. So we've just—I'm not that he's been great, but there's just so much there that you look at and you're like, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? What weakness are they going to exploit? Because I don't see one. Yeah, I mean. They've they've been they've given up some runs this year, but it wasn't it's not like a you know a, a routine or a trend. I would wouldn't say that. Um, and their past defense has been tremendous. I the one thing I want to make sure if you haven't gone back and listened to the standards of standard last night with my myself and Lance talked about this upcoming game. Lance watches film more than I do, and Lance is also as everyone that's listened on the show knows. He's a guy that's going to point out the negatives more than he will the positives. That's just his nature, and that's okay. It's the homer and the hater show. But at the same time, he'll send Dave and I screenshots and stuff, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, do you ever point out anything that they do well? <laughs> but I told him, look for stuff that they do in the secondary. I said, I want you to see, is it the secondary not as good as we think, and they're just you know, being covered up by the pass rush? And Lance looked, and he said, secondary's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're actually good. This yeah. isn't Antoine Blake, you know. This isn't Cortez. When's the last time we could say that the secondary as a whole was good? Uh, probably when Rod Woodson and Carnell Lake were playing. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah, I'm, no, I mean, I mean even you, with you, even you, you with Palomalu, you didn't feel like it was complete. Did you feel like was there any year in there that you thought it was completely across the board? When they had McFadden, Taylor, and Townsend as their three cornerbacks, and you had Clark and Palomalu back there. Yeah, I mean, you felt pretty good about that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the last time, though. Yeah, I mean, you have to go back that far. Yeah. I'd love, you know, and Ty Ty says Invisible Nelson, and he means that in a good way. Yeah, Um, you don't want to hear your cornerback's name. I I mean, they won't even throw at him. I want to see him get an interception. How can he get an interception when they won't throw at him? I know, but the funny thing is, is I saw a quote that um, I don't know if it was the Athletic or which outlet ran the article, and it basically said that this transition from Kansas City to Pittsburgh has been 100% perfect 
Yeah. Except for interceptions. He just what? expected he had four Who? last year in Kansas City, and everyone said when they signed him, oh, he gets targeted the most. He lived up to every bit of yeah. guy. He's been tremendous. Well, honestly, I would rather take him knowing that he's on he's been basically a lockdown corner that they don't feel that they can even throw at than him getting a bunch of interceptions. And now, because he's not a liability play after play. And Joe Hayden has three in the last two games. Because they have to throw with Joe Hayden, and he's going to get the ball. Now, if you're going to throw to Hayden, he's getting some confidence. You can see it. He's starting to jump on the ball. I mean, it's... You heard the report of the one that were worried, not not the last one, where that was just they were trying to get there, and he just made sure he went and got it. But the first, his first interception of the last game, where he basically, he saw it at one point, and said, if they do this again, I'm going to jump it. And he told Fitzpatrick, so that way he would be ready. So he would have someone as a backup in case it didn't in case it didn't happen. And boom. I mean, th- that's what these guys need to know that uh, they have other guys that are also going to do their jobs out there. I missed the, the, the prediction for the season because when we were asked who's going to have, you know, can anyone get, multiple interceptions in the Steelers secondary. Cause remember we were just hoping to get double digits interceptions for the season. And I said, yeah, I think Steven Nelson will get the most, but that's cause I thought they would be thrown at him more, man. They can't throw at him. They can't even throw at him. I'll ask you what I asked Lance last night. And that is, is this Steelers defense elite? Yes. And I was about to say, Lance, why are you not <laughs> saying that? You want to know what was funny. He's like, nah, they're not elite. And then you just kept laying out the case that it's like, how could you not call them elite with all those things? I mean, with the turnovers, with the, with, with the, the sacks, sacks. This is the two with, things you hang your hat on. Isn't yeah. It? And with the it's interceptions, you yeah. know, I know, of course I'm saying turnovers, but yeah, you know, you, but it's one thing if you're just always getting fumbles, but I mean, they're pretty even. Well, I think before last week, were they even 15 and 15? I think they might have been. Going into week 14, I think they were. Yeah, and but then they got the three interceptions. So, I mean, they're that's very even, which is what you – I mean, you don't care if it's a fumble or an interception. You just want a turnover. That's right. just going to show that you're getting it from so much. I the, love this defense. <laughs> I do. The more I, the more I see this defense play, it's just a situation where you're like, this defense can take this team places. If the offense just runs the ball, protects the football, and improves, I said in third downs was key, but the red zone too. I mean, you gotta you gotta be better in the red zone. Well, I want to make a statement, and I don't want people to say, "Oh, here he goes with Duck." No, I love me some Duck Hodges right now. This is exactly what this team needs in this moment. But I'm going to ask Steeler fans, and especially all those those of you those those wise ones of you that that saw this spark in Duck before others did. Let's stop the discussion of where he's going, how he's going to fit in in 2020. Let's do week 15 and week 16 and week 17 and wild card and keep on going. Okay, let's that that those are great discussions. The end of February. You know, let's not worry about where he's going to fit in long term. Let's, you know, let's live in the now. The Steelers just right now, this season, let's live in the now and 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 ride the duck. I know you can't really ride a duck, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but let, let's go. Let's let's just do it. Let's focus yeah. on let's focus on the now. 
Absolutely. So, all right, real quick, uh, let's get through fantasy football focus. And this can, you know, some people say, oh, who cares about fantasy football? Well, it's basically us saying who we think is going to play well and who wouldn't play well. Who are you starting and sitting this week? I am starting the Steelers defense, and I am sitting everybody else. I mean, I think this is a defensive game, which means we're probably going to be wrong, and it's going to be like both teams score in the 30s. But um, I would like – the defense is the most solid, and that, that's the safest pick. I'm not – I'm steering clear of any player that is possibly dealing with an injury. I'm not jumping. I've had a lot of people ask me, oh, yeah, you you write for the Steelers. When can I put James Conner in my fantasy lineup? And I said, don't. Don't – even if he's back, don't put him in your lineup. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go Juju yet. I wouldn't go Vance McDonald with the concussion. I wouldn't go Jalen Samuels. Anybody who has any possibility, even if they're playing, of getting dinged up, just stay away from them because they're going up against a good defense anyway. Yeah. I would say sit Jordan Berry as your running back this week. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to say on, he's got to get that average up. <laughs> Wes says this, and this is exactly what I was thinking. Wes says sitting Washington, he's going to see double coverage, not to mention Tredavious White's a very good cornerback that'll probably be following him. So you know who I say you start? Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Because if he's if they're going to pick one or the other, if you're going to leave Deontay Johnson open, we saw what he can do as a runner when he took that that blown up wide receiver screen reverse field and almost scored a touchdown. We saw him as a punt returner, obviously with the 85 yard return for touchdowns for a score, and we also saw him as a receiver. So he's coming into his own. I would say start Johnson. If I'm saying to sit someone, um, I would I would venture to say without look being too obvious, I'm I'm not going to start Devlin Hodges in a game because there are times where I've thought about it because he's cheap as all dirt and he, he just doesn't put the ball up. They don't trust him yet to do that. This is a game that you're not going to want to, but I guess it's kind of counterintuitive to starting Deontay Johnson, but Deontay Johnson can score in other avenues as well. So um, if I had to pick one other person like that, if you're doing a, a daily fantasy that goes through Sunday night, because I know a lot of times in night games, you can do just the game. But if you're doing one that is including all the games, might want to think about if you if you're like, I need someone dirt cheap because I really want to I really want to play one of those high profile running backs somewhere else. In my roster. Think of a Dion Kane, you know, because eventually he's going to he's going to get one of those deep ones that he's going to be able to break because he's actually catching them. Unlike Johnny Holton did all season. Who would your okay? So if you're doing daily fantasy, you're doing a single game. You have a multiplier. Who's oh, your, okay. who's your multiplier in this game? Well, because you can't do the defense. Um, honestly, my multiplier is Chris Boswell. Mm, that's not a bad one. That's because not... I think this is going to be a low. If if it's for just the single game, this might not be a big point. I would not be doing one of those leagues where, um, where if you where you got to break a point barrier. In order to get, you know, because you can do those. I've done it before. They're just oh, yeah. not very fun. Um, All right. Well, let's get down. What to about it. you? What's your multiplier? Uh, you know who I'd actually thought about doing it right after that is Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Based on the fact that he runs the ball. And, you know, I think that there are going to be points scored. But I've probably looked. See, the Steelers have a running back by committee. I'd probably think about. I'm leaning towards Kareth White about maybe getting him in there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> Let's get to predictions. Enough of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I said my prediction, and Lance gave his last night. Um, Lance Lance predicted the Steelers to win, and he before fans freak out. He predicted them to win last week, and they did. Yes, he predicted them to beat the Cardinals, and they did. So I think we finally got that, oh, hopefully, um, out of the way. Uh, but he said the Steelers win 17-13, to 13, and I wasn't too far off. I said that the Steelers to win in a close game 20-17. to 17. Dave, what's your prediction? I am going even less. I am going the Steelers to win 16 to 10. I was considering nine, but I'm like, then once they score one touchdown, I'm done. So I'm going to say 16 to 10. I think it's going to be a a low scoring game, which is funny because every time with the exception of the Patriots game, every time they wear the, the color rush, they put up decent points as well. So, but I just, I just don't see it with just the way this matchup goes. Do you know Dave uh, Brian's prediction by chance? I meant to ask him earlier today, and he was actually in the live chat earlier, but yeah. he's probably actually driving home now because I know um, I got a message from my wife that everything was over and they were heading back. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe we might have to send it to Lance and have Lance say it on the asset. Who's got burning question this week? I do. Okay. Yeah. You can tell it on the burning question. Or if you guys are going live from the tailgate on Sunday, you can have him give it then. Uh, why did I not think of that? <laughs> what was I thinking? So, okay, folks. Uh, Dave, I guess before we break, uh, any final last words for the Steeler Nation out there? If you're here now and you weren't here at the beginning or if you're listening back to this um, on audio platform, if you are going to the game and you want to be part of a meetup, we don't have the information yet because of the way everything went down with the change in time. But feel free to follow me on Twitter at STLR Super Super STLR Super Fan Dad, or to email me at STLR Super Fan Dad at gmail.com, or go to behindthesteelcurtain.com. Look for any article written by Dave Schofield. There's always, you know, two to four every day. Click on that. You will have my email there if you have to click on my profile. Get a hold on me in order to figure out what's going on. I'm still trying to reach out to, hey, we have Brian Anthony Davis. Uh-oh. There it is. Did you see it? I didn't see it. I will it. bring it up. Right there. He is He is saying Steelers 21, Bills 20. So well, that was his, he's that probably was predicting her three field goal or seven field goals. Yeah, that's, well, <laughs> what, like the, like the Dolphins had last week? Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, sorry, that uh, to interrupt there, please get a hold of us. Let's know. Uh, Nap 1963 offered to say, "Hey, come by the tailgate. I've got to If you're listening to this, please, please, please reach out to either myself or Brian or both of us so we can figure out where we're going to meet up. I gotta put the five dollar. Uh, yeah, Isaac puts. He says, "Please get a simple uh, Twitter handle and email." Hey, all those were created before I ever did podcasts. Now, the one thing you could do, and this is something that you know, you can change your Twitter handle, and you can always create a new email address, and anything that's sent to the old one can automatically be forwarded to your new one. So that is a possibility for you to look wow. at the offseason. Just say, I, uh, I was not aware of being able to do such things. You know, my wife could figure that out. It's really not that complicated. <laughs> 
Snapper. You, right. you young whippersnapper know all these <laughs> cool technology tricks that us old guys don't understand. You and Brother Schofield. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not saying that I'm not saying Shaner said make a burner. Yeah. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just gonna that up. <laughs> so, all right, Dave, thank you for your time. Thank you for everyone that's watching live on YouTube. If you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com, search BTSE Steelers Radio, subscribe, like the videos, set your notifications so you don't miss a show. We're also on any audio platform that you can think of, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, you name it, we're there. Search BTSE or search uh, Steelers, and a lot of times it pops up that way. Uh, lastly, make sure behindthesteelcurtain.com is your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers needs. You have my writing, Dave's writing, a bunch of other guys like Brian Anthony Davis and others. We have some really good stuff coming out tomorrow. There's Brian Anthony Davis's Twitter handle. Simple. BTSC Dad. So we thank you very much, Dave. Thank you very much, viewers. And we'll see you. Uh, I will see you Saturday for the burning question. It is also late Sunday night for the postgame show. In the meantime, enjoy Lance tomorrow night. Yeah, I said it. Not sure what he's going to talk about. It'll be interesting. Tune in. Tell a friend. And subscribe. We'll see you.